Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of opening your front door and falling 20,000 feet to your death because you're floating in space somewhere. Uh, Just in the upper atmosphere. Still enough oxygen. And remember, folks, it's not the fall that kills you. It's that sudden stop at the bottom. That's right. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week we are doing another, you know, put somebody else's intellectual property in your game. And this time we are talking about Bioshock Infinite. Now, uh, the last two episodes were about Bioshock, you know, uh, one and two, Rapture. This is the one that followed and it has, you know, is is it a sequel? Is it a prequel? I don't know. Only Jonathan can tell us. Jonathan... (laughs) What's up with this Bioshock Infinite, and why would we want to add it to our game or play in it? Well, number one, it is, I would say it is both a prequel and sequel. It is occurring... Same Get out of not. here, Willis. <laughs> <laughs> it is Covergent. Covergent? Yeah, because the two... Because this is one thing, the, the world... Is it a potato and a potato? This is, because it is a world separate in time and, and, and from rapture but it is connected and we'll talk about more more about that later but all right because my bs meter is going off the chart here. <laughs> <laughs> it's going into the red yeah these two worlds are connected and we'll talk more about why and how all right anyone who's played the game would would recognize it right and i have not i have played bioshock one and two but i have not played bioshock infinite yet so no spoilers just kidding Totally kidding. Don't yes, get spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler because I've also read all the notes for this episode. So <laughs> <laughs> there's little there's little you could spoil for me. <laughs> but anyways, for those of you who haven't played it, well, why haven't you? You know, are you so busy playing other games like I am that you never get around to it? Or did you did you hear that there was something a reason not to? I'm wondering. If there's a reason you thought that you shouldn't um uh, uh, that you shouldn't play Bioshock Infinite. Please go to fans of uh, uh, Gaming on the Frontier and leave us a, a comment on that. You know, this is on Facebook, by the way, because uh, I would love to hear why some people didn't play it. Who you know now might be saying you know because we're not going to try to convince you to to do some stuff with it. So uh, we'd like to hear why you didn't like it in the first place. So okay, anyways, back to you, Jonathan. Uh, so uh, what what is this Bioshock Infinite? Can you get, can you give me the elevator pitch for it? Elevator pitch. It is a game that is in some ways, like I said, in some ways a prequel, some ways a sequel. But it's it's more importantly, it is a spiritual successor to Bioshock, which was itself a spiritual successor to System Shock. Um, basic premise oh. of the Bioshock games, is, as they've said, was exploring and fighting your way through a unique location with weaponry and powers. And that was what you got in Bioshock 1. That was what you got in Bioshock 2. And you got more of it in a new location in, in Bioshock Infinite. 
Bioshock 1 and 2 takes place in Rapture, an underwater city taking place in the 1960s. Bioshock Infinite, you're in the floating city of Columbia during the early 1900s. I think 1912, roughly, is the time you're yep. you're fl- going through there. Um, and so it's the same idea of a city um, with its own unique culture. And you're running through it, fighting with weaponry and powers. So a lot of what we talked about in the last two episodes about, you know, having special uh, superpowers will carry over into uh, Columbia as well. In fact, that's something we'll talk about later is how very similar the powers are. Um, but the biggest difference is, is the city itself. While Rapture was a, you know, a, a sort of laissez-faire capitalist sweat dream, Columbia is more of a... Uh, what was it? American exceptionalists, you know, America is is the greatest nation of the world as designed by God. Yeah, I read this whole thing over a couple weeks ago, and just one word came to mind: Merca. That just, yeah. yeah, yeah, not 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 inaccurate. Merca. Even though yeah. the city yes. itself, <laughs> even though the city itself, by the time you you start playing the game, the city itself has seceded from america they still they still look as america wasn't good enough for america america changed it wasn't the america we remember but yeah it was um they they considered the founding fathers like almost holy <laughs> individuals yeah just we're talking about the framers of the constitution exactly, right yeah we're, yeah and, you know because once you get to Abraham Lincoln. Well, Maybe now the Antichrist has shown up. <laughs> yeah, things get progressively worse from there. Oh no! Here, here it is. For I'll, I'll just little blurb here from the main page. Due to Comstock's dogma, Colombians had a very narrow perspective of American history. Semicolon. President Abraham Lincoln was labeled the apostate by Columbia for ending slavery. His killer, John Wilkes Booth, was revered as a saint. The Colombian perspective of the Civil War is that of a demonic Lincoln leading a barbarous horde against the saintly Confederate forces under a deified George Washington, underscoring Colombian beliefs about racial slavery and as well as the anarchist nature of the, air quotes here, false America. I just read that. I was like, wow, these people went deep. (laughs) As someone who lives in Atlanta, Georgia, I'm surprised... (laughs) That this game was not promoted, you know, it, you know, as as the you know, like you know, the, like the 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 state bird should have been the state game. <laughs> okay. Ooh. I, I'm well, surprised that, di- that there was not more positive, you know, uh, uh, promotion of this game. But well, because you're playing the person who's going in here and wrecking all of this. Perfect- oh no! Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's 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 like throwing that's like throwing you know. Red paint at the Mona Lisa. <laughs> oh no! Okay, so so you play somebody who's gonna put a use the fly in the ointment. Yeah, you are the monkey wrench in this city's yeah. engineering. You're the you're the worm in the apple. You're <laughs> there's got to be some more euphemisms I haven't. Thought sand of. in the Vaseline. Yeah, I went there. Okay, yeah. sand in your Vaseline. Oh my yeah, goodness! Yeah, I yeah. haven't heard that, but definitely it sounds right. I heard now. a different yeah. V word at the beginning of that. So, yeah, the mold, the hey, hey, the hey, mold hey. on my muffin. Hey, uh, hey, hey, hey. PG thirteen here, guys. Come on. Yeah, wait, wait a second. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> Continuing on. Yeah. yeah. 
And so, we move on. Okay, yeah. Let, we'll give a, I'll give a quick uh, synopsis of the plot. You play as Booker DeWitt, a private eye who has been hired to go into this flying c- city of Columbia and retrieve the girl. That's literally pretty much all you get at first is retrieve the girl. Um, you're sent in to extract this girl living in Columbia. And as you go through, you, you encounter this city full of these old American exceptionalism worshipping citizens. And their incredibly uh, fundamentalist belief that you know America, as originally founded, was a holy land founded by God, and the leader of this city, uh, Comstock, is you know a saint and is the prophet of God, and his daughter is is going to lead this city into greatness and and take back America for for the holy you know people. Red and of course, Americans, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and of course that daughter is the one you're supposed to be extracting. And as you go through, you 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 find that this city is—I mean, racism is king here. Um, uh, in fact, one of the first scenes you encounter is a—it's uh, uh, not a lynching, but it is a public uh, display. What was the word of embarrassment? Uh, basically, they bring on a a couple, an interracial shaming. couple, a cu- public shaming of an interracial couple. And, um, yeah, you're given baseballs to throw at them while they're in a Jeez. pair of stocks. Jeez. Yeah. And, <sighs> yeah, as you continue on, it's it's very obvious that anyone who isn't, you know, the, was it the wasp, white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant? Yeah, yeah. Although, drop the Protestant and replace it with Colombian, whatever their brand of religion is. Yeah, we 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 used to refer to it as the American, um, uh, the American social religion. <laughs> you know, basically the the reinterpretation of uh, the New Testament. You know, that included. You know, uh, I, this that's that's not the topic here, but I'm just saying is that yeah. there's you know there's a lot of you know, the reason a lot of people say we need to get back to the Bible is because there's a lot of stuff that's currently you know. In various denominations that are traditions, yeah, mm, okay? yeah, and there's lots of interesting traditions out there. But, anyways, please proceed. So, but anyway, it's apparently there is a a prophecy that someone would called the false lamb would come and try and take away this uh, this um, this daughter of contact the 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 savior of the future, and of course, you just happen to match the description of this false prophet. Well, you're male, yes. Yeah, well, and also you have uh, the initials AD carved on the back of your hand, which surprisingly match the prophecy. Huh. Yeah, that's 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 a unusual thing. That, yeah. That's kind of specific and impressive. Yeah, it's, it's more than a little specific. So, yeah, apparently you were expected. Um, so, once you're discovered, literal hell breaks loose. and, and Well, not literal, but figurative hell breaks loose, and the entire city is turned against you. Yeah, since because you are since you're residing into heaven, since you are the figured. antichrist to them, yeah. apparently, right? But I'm saying since you since you know Columbia does reside in the heavens, mm-hmm. it would be a figurative hell, since you know, yeah. if so, anything, uh, rapture was the uh, literal hell. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> down there in the volcanic vents of of uh, you know next to Iceland yeah. and such. I never made that connection, but that does work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Anyway, uh, on. <laughs> yes, please. Continuing uh, okay. on with our plot synopsis. You go, right, go. right. Well, let's 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 make it short. Remember, I, this I is just the so, elevator pitch, yeah, the and, elevator and pitch. we're not really talking about you know. We, I mean, the point of, of this particular episode is not to you know summarize the plot. It's basically to let you know what were the the elements that are in this very strange location and maybe suggest some adventures. Right. Well, which that is where I was going to there. wrap it up by saying, so you fight your way through the city, you get to the girl, and you find out that she can open up tears in time and space. Get out of here. Yes. She can travel to other worlds and other times at will. And then the game can progresses from there and i won't go into the the, the plot after, after that but the, the main point being that you go to a place up in the clouds in early 1900s it's floating and you recover someone who can open up tears in time and space i wonder if that would be on her tinder profile if she had a tinder profile i'm just saying this but is would, the you 1900s. would you mention that <laughs> if you had if she had one you know what i'm saying i don't think she would have to because she wouldn't even be on tinder she would just open up a tear to the, the you know to mr right Okay. She can well, find whatever she wants throughout the multiverse. Oh, well, that's that's special. So that was the basic basic plot. And that's why I think it's interesting, because not only do we have a, a another example of a city with a, anachronistic technology. And futuristic. And, yeah, very much. Yeah. And it's also, we have some characters here who can bend time and space and travel to alternate dimensions seemingly at will. So is there more than just her? There is. There is another couple of individuals. We don't see the full extent of their powers like we do with her. I can't say we really see the full extent of her powers either, but we definitely don't see as much of, of them. And they are, they, they're called the Lattes twins. Although they're not really twins. They're just the same individual from two different timelines. One happens to be male or the other happens to be female. So, But so they, they call have, each other they, their So their they have an X chromosome in common. They have, yes. Yeah. They have the same parents in common, same, <laughs> just in two different timelines. Interesting. Yeah, just, so, but they they have a device, right? Right. They have yeah. they have tech. This is Robert and Rosalind Lutes are the two characters we're talking about here, and they are they are physicists, quantum physicists in the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Who, which is quite, which is quite, a, it's a, yeah, a thing, you know? of itself, yeah. And I mean, had, you know, we, we, you know, I, I thought it was, you know, Einstein who, who coined that word in like the tw- 1920s. So who are these people? But yeah, yeah. Uh, who apparently uh, through their ex- experiments, uh, trying to experiment on a certain particle, discovered they could communicate across dimensions, across timelines. I would, I'd rather say. And well, it really is. I mean, we're you know, since we're going to be talking about Fringeworthy, they're alternate, or, you know, they're, they're alternate universes, right? Yeah, so it's a simple way of thinking about parallel universes, and they have the ability to communicate across them, right? Which is totally cool, uh, folks. Uh, you know, I I direct you. By the way, as you as you look more and more into this particular uh, property, I direct you to our two episodes on Wacky Adventures, uh, 584 and 585, where we talk about adding wackiness to your adventures and how to do it and what qualifies as wackiness. And I want to tell you that this that all three of these properties, but specifically, you know, in in this case. Columbia and its attendant people and technologies 
and such are are just you know they they are they are the poster child for wackiness. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Columbia gets wacky because uh, anyway, the Lutes twins are both physicists, uh, quantum physicists. They discover each other through communicating through this one particle, and so these two great minds who very much think alike because they are alike. <laughs> Uh, begin communicating and work together to build a device that allows them to open, they call it tears, but let's be honest, it's portals to other worlds. Very much similar to, oh, I don't know, what was that other, that TV show that had, oh, Sliders. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they're able to open these portals. So they decide to join each other in one of their dimensions. Uh, I think it's Robert crosses over to Rosalind's dimension. And they work together, they... They come under the uh, the view of this uh, demagogue named Comstock, who funds use, uses his connections with the American government to fund their research and get the floating city of Columbia built by using their quantum technology in order to create a particle that lets them basically lock something in in space or make it immune to gravity effectively. All right, let, let me try to explain this because I've thought about this a lot in the intervening time, and I'm not mm -hmm. sure you guys have the background for it. But uh, there's a lot, a bunch of YouTube videos, okay, which talk about things like quantum levitation. And what they have is they have a a a a, a, a ring that's made out of a you know, those super strong magnets using like you know rare earths. It's a ring, okay. And then what they do is they take something that uh, has you know its own power source and it it's basically electromagnetic you know generator and it produces electromagnetic field and they cool it down with liquid uh, nitrogen to make it a superconductor all right so it makes this really strong field and when they do that they can take that and just put it right on top of that ring of 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 uh, magnets and it just sits there. Above the magnets. I mean, there's clear space below mm -hmm. them and above them. You know, you can do the whole ring through it like, you know, you're seeing a levitation act, you know, at, at yeah. a magician's place. Right. So, and they can even go, you can take it, you could push it, and it'll, it'll spin around over top those magnets at the same height. Okay. Uh, and what is happening is, is that the um, electromagnetic fields are interlocking and... So moving closer or further away is very difficult to do when that happens. But moving laterally, because you're basically at the same orientation toward each other, is 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 no problem at all. So they've create they've got this this particle, okay, and it basically interlocks with the magnetic you know uh, field that's around the Earth creating essentially the same situation with what is essentially a uh, temperature, normal yeah. temperature, superconductor kind of thing. And, be, and, and so they can basically build platforms out of this stuff, you know, or embedded in materials and buildings and other things. The thing that is, it is a singular particle because there is one during the DLC that as you go back to Rapture, you are trying to recover a particle in order to lift one of the, the buildings in Rapture. That is oh, so it's that powerful with just one... It is, means, yeah, it's something that each powerful. Each building has their own particle. Yes. Right, because these buildings can separate, move around, and reattach to other buildings in different orientations. 
So it's like, you know, it's kind of like a jigsaw puzzle if you could, or, you know, one of those games where you can take a, 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 a mat, you know, a, and take it and whip it around the other side and reattach it. It's a reconfigurable city. Right, right. So the point is, is that each one of these buildings has one of these things. So that's what, and, and so each building is an entity unto itself. So if yeah, you play, could, if you play Dungeons and Dragons and you're familiar with cloud giants and their cloud castles, the cloud castle, it's just yeah, a right. bunch of those hanging out together. Right. But that's why that they, you know, they don't worry about like suddenly, you know, deflating and falling to the ground or anything like that. You know, once this particle is put in place, it can move laterally around the planet, but it can't go higher or lower. I think it can. It's just not as easy. I think it. Yeah, it does have a. It does have a set key. Don't complicate it for our for our listeners. Oh no, no, I'm going to make it complicated. But it 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 does allow them to it 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 does allow them to ignore gravity basically. Right. Well, it, the, at least as far I mean, as the buildings there's are gravity going. when you're on top of it. It's not yeah. like suddenly they chop off gravity and you're floating above whatever right, this right. particle is. Everything still is being pulled down at the normal rate. Okay. It's just that the building itself, because it's, it's locked into this particle, it's, it's hanging on a on a little peg in in space. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Anyways, I that's that's this that's. that's a great idea. That's a great RPG idea because you know you can because theoretically you know this is technology that could be discovered, understood, and recreated somewhere else. You know, depending upon the rules of reality on the various worlds, yeah, so, uh, universes and such. So I can see where somebody who was a dimensional traveler having run across this to be like, ooh, I got to get my hands on the specs for this tech. I already kind of, if I now again, if I was incorporating this into Fringeworthy, I would have the Lutessas have have or have already like they got they they stole this technology from the the, the Commonwealth somehow. They maybe found a, a that rare memory crystal that that led them down the path towards quantum physics, or maybe they had an unknown uh, benefactor that was leading them down. But yeah, this sounds like somebody just rediscovering Commonwealth technology. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't like to. My, per, my personal opinion is I don't like to assume that people, you know, can't be creative on their own. No. You know, I mean, you know, mostly because it, nowhere else in, I've I've seen in Fringeworthy does anybody ever talk about buildings hanging from quantum crystal uh, quantum crystals. Fair or enough. Quantum yeah. Things. So. If it's if it is Termeller Commonwealth Tech, then it's it's an uh, you know from a backwater section. There must be something that's even better than that because otherwise, why aren't they using it? Okay, Jonathan, I do see what you're trying to do here. You're trying to give more buy-in into the whole. If you are adding this intellectual property, oh, I want to add to Fringeworthy. Yeah. Oh, it's it's Commonwealth Tech that the Lutesses found separately and they banded forces together. It's buy-in. It's buy-in. It helps link it to Fringeworthy better. And you can just say, oh, this Lutest particle is just something found on some Commonwealth world that these two found separately, you know, of their own volition. You know, yeah, it just, yeah, it, I see it as just buy-in. Yeah, I okay. can see. I, I, I look yeah. at it as it's, 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 a, it's a way to get the PCs interested, even though if they're being good Fringeworthy identity explorers, they should already be interested in something that is very anachronistic and also way advanced compared to Earth Prime. 
But wait if, a minute, they've got floating cities in 1912. How are they living? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like we said it earlier, eight you know 1890s and they're quantum physicists before there was quantum physics. Yeah, this is this yeah. is shades of Captain Nemo. You know, with his ship yeah. that, that basically Nautilus. draws energy from the ocean itself, and you know, it can travel basically without ever needing to resupply, you know, forever. And you're like, where did he get this tech and how did he build it and everything else, which is, you know, why there's wonderful follow-up books that, that, that explored that very thought, you know, so. and uh, But anyways, it's, uh, yeah, this is this is right up those, that same line of, like I say, it's just stuff that's like, you know, when you were, uh, back in the 40s and 50s, they had all kinds of like, you know, uh, genius engineers. You know, their stories were written about them and what they could do. Captain Future, uh, uh, the whole Skylark of Space series, uh, you know, you know, where just basically people just kept leveraging crazy bits of technology they found. The movie... Um, Oh, shoot, I can't think of the name now. Explorers? Was it called Explorers? Uh, that is a movie I remember. It's about the three teenagers who... And, and they had basically this this thing, and they, they produced a bubble around them, and yeah. they were able to fly yeah, up yeah. to a spaceship. You know, okay, yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff where you... Or, uh, or even this island Earth, where, you know, at the very beginning, the guy goes and gets this this uh, catalog in the mail with all these things. And he says, well, it looks like I have to make a Rima rock. I can't remember what it was called. And he you know, basically goes and orders the parts. They all show up, you know, in, in like... 25 cases and he's basically looking at the plans he just puts it together at which point he turns it on and this guy with a huge head says you've successfully put this together that means we need you <laughs> and says come on over to here and get, jump in our spaceship and we'll take us back to our home plan and solve all of our problems I mean that's the whole basis for this island earth you know and it's a uh, great it's, movie it's the, it's the last starfighter hey we need somebody let's send a uh... To battle the Kodan yeah, Empire. Let's yeah, send, yeah, let's yeah, send yeah. a test yeah. vehicle to all these other planets and see who, who, right. who beats the this test Right, this video first. game is designed to find who's the greatest, who, who can uh, who can control and pilot our ships better than anybody else. Yeah. No, there's lots of stories like that. And this is kind of, as a fringe war explorer or whatever, this is kind of like what this is. You know, because you've got these, you know, these crazy technologies that you know, there's a history on all of them. But when you you know you you show up, it's kind of like, how did all these things come together like this? Well, you've got this brother and sister, this this twin thing going on, you know. And uh, but it wasn't just that because there was a lot of there's a bunch of other technologies oh, yeah. that they stole from other dimensions, didn't they? Well, yeah, because not only because just to to make sure we got all this, I, I want to make sure we had the quantum levitation. Yeah, and then we had the cross time communication, as I call it, or communication across dimensions, which I debt would very much love to have. Oh yeah, being able to and and Bureau Thirteen, everybody. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Anybody yeah. who has with all those with pocket dimensions that are in Bureau Thirteen that nobody can communicate in or out of. Except yeah. maybe. Oh no, and 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 adding the Bureau all bars stuff, the quantum entanglement. Oh, and make that extra dimensional. Oh. Oh yes. Upgrade. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um and then there's of course the actual interdimensional travel they have as well. And then there's they also apparently can prevent interdimensional travel. 
because they the Lutesses built a device that prevented Elizabeth, who is our other NPC of note we'll talk about a little bit later, they were able to build a device that prevented her from opening tears in, into space and time. Not perfectly, they couldn't pre- completely prevent her, but they were able to keep her power into small tears. And so they, just their quantum manipulation alone, that, that the technology they unlocked in, in that field was impressive. But then, yeah, as we said, they could open up portals into other times and places. And one of the places that they frequently had portals open up to was to Rapture, which we talked about in the last two episodes. So uh, they also had technology that they were stealing, to be honest, or borrowing, if you want to be diplomatic, uh, from 1960s Rapture. They had the robotics. Uh, they had taken the idea for the um, the the diaries, the, the personal recorders. They had taken Adam and the plasmid, the idea for plasmids and all oh, these special yeah. powers. Yeah. Gene Tonics. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. called them Vigors, and you drank them instead of injected them. But otherwise, it was pretty much the same stuff. It was genetic manipulation. They just didn't quite understand how it worked, but they saw that it did work. And then uh, also cybernetics. Um, the big daddies that uh, Rapture had created. Oh, yeah. They stole and, and used it to create some cybernetics on a small scale, but large robotic cybernetic creatures like the Songbird, which was the main guardian for the uh, Elizabeth Comstock, who is, our again, our heroine du jour. Yes. And yeah. I believe, it's, I don't think it's ever stated, but I personally believe that, because we know that there was actual cross-communication between the two, that the the scientists from in Rapture who had created the Big Daddies had worked and seen the work of the scientists or inventors in, in Columbia, and with, there was you know cross pollination of ideas. I honestly believe that the Vita chambers from Rapture were probably borrowed from ideas from Columbia, because to my memory, the only device in Rapture that seemed to work off of any kind of quantum-based technology were the Vita Chambers, which would reconstitute you from, you know, a quantum state, so to speak. You'd use quantum entanglement to recreate your body if you were to die suddenly. And that was the only device I remember there in Rapture that did that, which made me think, once Columbia got out and you saw how much their technology was based off quantum mechanics, maybe go, ah, oh, they stole that from they stole that from Columbia. Right, you know, cro- crossing circuit A with circuit B is Mr. Spock. <laughs> but yeah, so a lot of the, but the big thing I'll say is that while Columbia did take a lot of ideas from Rapture, it, they did still only have the early 1900s technology base to work with. So a lot of their robotics and uh, cybernetics were clunkier and bigger. Not quite. Well, they were a lot more like clockwork. Yeah, uh, a lot more uh, closer to that steampunk look as opposed to the diesel punk look I, that Rapture. I had. mean, you know, they, they had like George Washington as a articulated statue going around mm-hmm. and shooting up people, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think George Washington and Ben Franklin were the two, or maybe Thomas Jefferson. Well, you but know, yeah, of course, they, again, they, founding. They would be the defenders yeah. of Columbia because, you know, they're. They're the founders, yeah. right? Yeah. And it, the other thing I noticed that seemed to be different was, while, like I said, like Columbia had the Vigors, which were their version of Adam, and it was ingested instead of injected, which apparently was 10 times more um, 
inefficient to to make. You had to use ten times as much atom in order to make it. But oh, but you never saw the same deformities. Ah, and that's one thing I remember because at first I was like, okay, well they got their own little thing, but they'd, they'd never call it atom until much later in the game when you find some. You know, Voxophone diaries that tell you, you know, oh, well, they did steal this from Rapture. Well, then why aren't I mean, seeing all the? There were some deformities, but not nearly what we saw compared to Rapture. Although they also didn't have it for as long either. I think Columbia existed for all of maybe 20 years, and Rapture. Well, actually, no, Rapture was about 20 years as well, wasn't it? 19. Yes. Yeah. 40s to yeah. 1960s. But, but yeah. They, the, the, the early days were all engineering, building rapture you know so it was only at the end that they you know like only a couple of years that they actually start with hog wild with the you know with with adam and all those gene tonics and things like that which is of course one of the reasons why you know basically the civilization collapsed because they there was no testing there was no yeah but it was like like hey we we have a new version of it come on yeah. over and get you know get shot up but apparently yeah. columbia had it for a little bit longer so it, it looks like there might have been the time wasn't synchronized between the two universes which makes sense because again these tears could open up into any time and place because it wasn't just rapture that these tears opened up they also opened up into other times and places one of the first things you see when you go into columbia is you hear a uh uh barbershop quartet singing the beach boys songs oh okay yeah Hmm. well that's a a common theme is occasionally you'd come through and somebody would be singing you know in 1912 somebody would be singing a song that was easily from like the 60s or 70s (laughs) why am i reminded of the scene and I only saw a couple of episodes of this American Horror Show, and it was the the sideshow one where uh, Michael Chiklis played the strong man, and spoilers, his son was the lobster-handed guy, and the lobster-handed guy is sitting there on a stage, and it's 1950, and he's singing Nirvana's "Come as You Are," mm-hmm. and I'm just watching this with a former friend of mine, and I'm just going. No, this is just, it's weird me out, it's throwing me off, 1950, stop, no, just, yeah. But no, something like that. Also, I have an an analogy for the Lutest twins, Mm. air quotes, Loki and Sylvie. They are both Loki, it's just they're from alternate timelines, they are the same person, just one's male, one's female. Best analogy I can come up with for the Lutest. Without any romantic. We're talking fiction. about the lo- we're talking about the Loki tel- uh, television. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the the, the Disney Plus series, Loki and right. Sylvie. Yeah, right. Okay. But they saw each other as siblings instead of romantic partners. It's, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Which maybe was a smart idea of it on. on yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, Disney sometimes does make good decisions. Well, I give yeah. credit. Loki is a narcissist, so. I mean, well, yeah, and and yeah, Mobius well, threw it in his face. Yeah, <laughs> you're not playing by yourself. With yeah. himself, so therefore, how could he possibly be in love with somebody else? Yeah. That wasn't yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, that's the biggest thing is a lot of what we talked about in um in the episodes about Rapture can easily be found with maybe a slightly bulkier, slightly not quite as streamlined version in Colombia as well, as far as its technology. Right. Well, the big difference the big difference between Rapture as you as you play the game in Columbia is that Rapture was post apocalyptic. 
Okay, I mean it was it was in the decaying last gasps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Columbia is still going strong. Yeah. Bright and right? shiny. And, you are the yeah. apocalypse for Columbia. Yeah. There you <laughs> yeah. Go. All right. But I mean, you know, since you know we, we were talking, you can go in and if you're playing this property in your game, you can go in any point in Rapture's history. So therefore, you don't have to, go, you know, be seeing the dregs like they did. Right. I mean, you know, the the early days, the big daddies were not, you know, not th- they were not threatening the Denzians of Rapture. They were out there basically doing work, keeping, you know, doing maintenance, keeping stuff, doing what they were supposed to do. It was only afterwards that you ended up with these really crazy weirdo type critters. Okay, much like, you know, the songbird or whatever, except for the fact that it's so well, it's 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 nightmare fuel, yeah, uh, yeah. but not not every automaton. Well, not any automaton, uh, but you know, cybernetic type creature that's in Colombia is you know is that foreboding, that terrifying, right? There really wasn't anything other than the the patriots, as they were called, the the robotic sentries. Okay, so there was just Songbird, and then there were the automatons, which were right. the patriots. Other than that, you had just humans okay. who had plasmid powers. Which is plenty of trouble. You don't really, you really don't need a whole lot more. You know, a lot of super powered humans who who basically think they have there's God's gift to the earth, and they and and they have every right to have their way. I think the big thing is that in Colombia, because the atom, because it was way more expensive, so to speak, to create the vigors as they're called, they they were a lot more rare. Because it, it took, like I said, it took ten times as much atom to create a vigor as it did a plasmid. So, and it wasn't, and I, it wasn't essential. They could just go outside and find a sea slug and, and get the atom. They had to fund expeditions to go to that location in the Pacific Ocean or Atlantic Ocean to find these sea slugs. Which was expensive. Now, were they doing it through the terror to rapture, or were they doing it on their own? It Columbia, said, from what I could find, bird. it said they were funding expeditions. So it implied to me that they were actually having to get, you know, sailors and bathospheres and go down themselves. They weren't able to pull it through so, terrors on their, own, on their world. own world. Yeah, not not okay. Well, you know, I mean. To everybody else is like they're sending us. They're paying us enormous amounts of money to go get sea slugs. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just give me one of those. You know, those those you know those um, uh, big suits with the big brass helmets and just lower well, me down. Which existed. So I mean, it wasn't like they couldn't do it. They had the technology. All they needed to do was through a terror to rapture, find out that there was a purpose to doing it. Find out that location. Find the location and find out why we why would we want to pay for this? Oh, that's why. Oh, yeah. powers, superpower. Okay, yeah, yeah. But until you do that whole thing with it, all they are is sea slugs. Yeah, right. So they didn't. So unlike Rapture, they didn't go and take the sea slugs and shove them inside of the bodies of little girls, right? No, was, they. It just, was just part of a industrial process somewhere. Right. It was just them grabbing the slugs. So it, again, that that implies to me that they never really got a huge. Uh, I would say market. They they didn't develop a huge market for it. They yeah. hadn't they hadn't been doing it. Although apparently they had been doing it for a long time. I w- I'm assuming it was so expensive. Yeah, that they just it was because the only people I remember seeing in the game who had these abilities were pretty much the police officers who were trying to stop you. 
Okay. You never really see the rank-and-file citizens with these abilities. Right, right. I mean, so if it's rare because, A, it takes ten times as much atom to produce, you know, this the same vigor or tonic, okay, mm-hmm. and there's a lot less of it because you don't have little sisters to harvest it out of or to, to harvest out of bodies, uh, mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah, you're going to have... It's going to be dear, and therefore it's going to be given to the people that are the most beneficial to the stability of the, uh, well, whichever side it is, because there is an underground in this place. I mean, you, oh yeah, you in the game there is a group that's that is fervently working against you know the uh, upper echelon and the rank and file people of the, uh, and I say rank and file, I'm talking about the. The, the the shopkeepers, the upper class. Right. Okay. There is there is a group called the Vox Populi who are just like Rapture had its own, you know, re- Which means voice of the people, side. by the way, for those mm-hmm. of you who don't know Latin. Yeah. And and Columbia had its own. It's the Vox Populi. And they were very much for the well, anyone that wasn't favored by Columbia. They were for the poor, the non white, <laughs> the non Christian all the all the classes that were being oppressed by Comstock and his right uh, found, you know her his followers right and 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 specifically you know it was blacks it was uh, uh mexican latinos it was asian asian um and of course uh irish women <laughs> women <laughs> yeah. irish you know, Irish, all, all the people that historically have gotten the 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 uh, not clean end of the stick. Yeah. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they they were basically used as uh, if anybody's ever seen the movie Metropolis, they're the people that basically make everything run. They're chewed up by the machinery, and nobody cares because they're just little people. Nobody, you know, they're not. Yeah. Re- it's it's like some people used to think that blacks weren't really human. They didn't feel things. Yeah. As, as deeply yeah. and strongly as white people did, right. you know. It's, and and you know these this is all this stuff. You know they so that's why you know the, the, this group arose to say, hey, you know we are essentially what the on our backs is built this entire society this entire city and we should have our fair share and you know and of course nobody wanted to give that to them so that's why you had this subversive group and if you use this property then of course you're going to probably want you know you you know depending upon how you use it Okay, um, there, there's there's a good chance that you'll run into representatives of either part of it, and depending upon which direction you go, you know you could very well, you know, it's gonna it's gonna drive a lot of stuff, you know, as far as as your con- ongoing interactions, because believe me, you know the the the, the Vox Popula is not going to want to hear about a bunch of extra dimensional people who are. Basically, bring in trading all new technologies, better weapons, mm. you know, uh, dock boxes. Oh, they'll love it stuff. if you're willing to sell it to them. No, or no, give but, it to saying, them. but if you're willing, if you're going to sell it to Comstock and his ilk, oh no, 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 then no. they're going to be like, oh, wait a second, we got to stop these people, and you're going to have a lot of you know midnight assassination raids going on. 
the same oh, yeah. time is that if you decide to withhold that information from Comstock, and all of a sudden you start becoming the you know uh, the the you know the the people that are arming the natives, uh, that's going to greatly influence the, the the Comstock interactions with you, and possibly you you know you could generate a you know a revolution because uh, you know true story here. Uh, I ran a fringe warrior adventure where essentially the the characters ran into Native Americans who were essentially being not oppressed but definitely excluded by uh, some settlers that were from uh, I believe they were from France uh, on, on the American coast. Okay, were they from and, France or were they from France? Uh, I knew he was going to go. <laughs> Ah, he beat me no, to they it. Were, he they beat me to they it. were from France. Okay. They were, no, no cone heads were in were in attendance. Okay, just making sure. But uh, but anyways, you know, and the and the adventurers were, you know, the explorers were like, well, okay, you know, obviously there's some tension going on between the two. There's this one guy who's the brother of the chief who really wants to become the chief, and he really wants to bring the smackdown on these these people, you know, these colonists who essentially are, A, act act like they're better than them, and B, are, you know, uh, have broken, already broken some trees with them. I mean, just, we just need to get rid of these people, you know, they're, they're troublemakers. Let's get, you know, and so they're like, we don't want to give these people weapons. No, 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 that would be bad. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, we, we'd be arming an insurrection, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, there's no real, you know, but since they're also being, you know, hurt, we want to support these 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 natives. Okay, so we'll give them body armor. <laughs> All right. So they gave them like full body, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, oh, you know, like you know, uh, you know, body armor, urban body armor. Yeah, okay, right. Helmets, like Kevlar like two vests and, and all and that. Got, yeah. Right. You know, with the you know the, the inserts and stuff like that. And they've got bows and arrows. Okay. <laughs> So imagine, you know, your your you know your 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 guys with that, and they're like, and and the, and they were like not very happy until the first time that they actually went and got into an encounter, a, a violent encounter, and they found out that all those black powder weapons that the uh, colonists were using, because that was the technology yeah, of the day, right. couldn't penetrate their armor. <laughs> well, it was a slaughter. It was a complete slaughter. They just basically rolled in there and just killed them with, you know, knives and flint knives and arrows and stuff like that. And these guys are firing their guns and it was over in an afternoon, you know, and they were, they were horrified. The adventurers, you know, the, 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 says, how did this happen? I said, well, you know, you, you made them impervious to the weapons of their of their their stated enemies, so of course they went in and annihilated them. Yeah, you know, defensive measures can be you know can still be offensive. Yeah. you know, it, you know, because it, it allows your weapons to be more effective. So yeah, the best defense Anyways, is a good so, offense. The best offense is right, a good defense. And, Right. Well, and and so in a case like this, where you you are playing this game, and you may be like, okay, we don't want to arm the natives, okay, you know, something like that, but we'll give them this instead. Don't be very careful because you know once you change the the power dynamic, okay, there's a reason why you know our policy during the '60s through the '90s was called balance of terror. Yeah. You know, nobody wanted to get too much better than the other side because then that would cause the other side to say, oh, we can't win, so let's just, you know, let let the birds fly. So, yeah, uh, same thing can happen here. 
you know, they're these people are living in the underground, and the the the, the, the security forces are searching for them, but they're not like. They could be going door to door, house to house, just trying, you know, they could just say, hey, we're just going to kill anybody who isn't part of the upper crust and then and then send down rockets and bring up new people. Yeah. They could have done that, but it wasn't worth it to them to do it because they probably saw this uh, voice of the people as a subversive minority of the general population of workforce that was you know, um, towing the line, okay? But once, you know, but once that changed, then you could really see an annihilation on one side or the other. So you got to be really careful when these kinds of things happen. See, usually if you're doing fringe-worthy, it's good to have along somebody versed in anthropology to read the culture and go, okay, this is this, this is this, we might not want to do this. Also, there was, you know, Star Trek, they had their balance of power they were on some primitive world oh if we give them flintlocks then the other side's going to have flintlocks well then we're going to give them higher weapons you know revolvers and then and kirk and mccoy and spock had this discussion about balance of power so yeah i i remember i don't remember the episode but i remember the discussion where it's like okay the weapons got to be the same we give one weapons we'd have to give the other side weapons or we're going to wipe out part of this culture and it's the same thing with what bruce just said yeah and I did. It was literally called Balance of Terror. Yeah. Well, it, I thought I thought in the Star Trek episode they called it Kirk called it Balance of Power. Oh, he might have. Yeah. But I'm saying yeah. the episode itself was called Balance of Terror. Okay. Mm. okay. But um, yeah. It's just remember, I did Unita. They don't have a prime directive. That is right there. You can go back back to Fringeworthy D20, and they print out the charter for Unita. And yeah, we've already done. You know, go back to the episodes about. What if, you know, Unita had a prime directive like in Star Trek? We did that episode years ago. Yeah, yeah it's just, yeah. no, they, they have don't. just the UN, you know, rules of engagement, right. basically. You know, no, uh, uh, you know, no, no, no um, gas, you know, poison weapons, you know, um, don't, you know, no slavery, don't promote slavery, but, things like but that. But they have no problem with interfering with cultures, you know, so they want to uplift people, you know, and so, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. Um, More trade partners. Since, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, since we are yeah. talking about Fringeworthy, I'm going to throw this in now here real quick. Y'all know I got the big blue binder where I printed out Richard Tahoka's Portals 1, 2, 3, and 4, sort them out, and I've been putting various intellectual properties on there based on what I read from the blurbs. Now, when we did Rapture, I put that on negative 1071. Not exactly. So it's yeah, it's yeah. node negative 107 and it's portal. Yes. Hmm. Okay. Now, if you are expecting, oh, well, Trav would have put it on the same node for ease of. No, 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 no. I go by the descriptions. I do a lot of re. I flip through this and I go, okay, from what I've read of said intellectual property and what Richard wrote ages ago, Columbia is on Earth. Positive 27,3. Now, the prime would be Bigfoot Earth, so, comma 3. Just Chicago in the year 1912. Some cultural differences, but essentially another Earth. War may be looming in Europe. The city is a boomtown of many nationalities all working together. Now, the reason why I chose Chicago 
is that here on the bioshock.fandom.com slash wiki slash Columbia is that there is a map of the United States and it kind of looks like, oh, this was made in 1899. And okay, I'm trying to get a click. Okay. And there is a picture here of a flight path oh, yeah. of Columbia. And it goes from Maine across New York and actually a little bit over Ontario, over Detroit, and land. It, Chicago is another access point. Now, there are like silos with rockets that you can ride up to Columbia. You got to be in the known. So, yeah. Uh, let's see, Chicago, I believe St. Louis, Boulder, Denver, Colorado, uh, goes to Arizona, North Texas, mid-Louisiana, which I would probably, or no, northern Louisiana, like damn near the Arkansas border, and I love it, two of the stops are pretty much on your guys' neck of the woods, right on the Alabama-Georgia border, and then just south of Atlanta, and then back up to Baltimore, maybe? So Columbia is actually circling the United States. Well, I mean, it can travel all Personally, over the planet, yeah. but it had a it had a circuitous route around America. Yeah. Granted, it didn't go up into the Pacific Northwest or yeah. the Northern Great Plains. Uh, let's see, I would say D.C., then yeah. Jersey, kinda up uh-huh. Albany, and then back to yeah. Maine. It does look like it. It kind of yeah. stayed over the United States, but we do know that it could fly anywhere because. The event it was involved in the Boxer Rebellion. Yeah, it, it pretty much in this, at least in this universe, it sounds like it completely like flattened Beijing during the Boxer Rebellion. Oh yeah, and, and that's just what America caused. Yeah. America lost. Yeah, lost its mind. Like, what did you just do? We did what needed to be done. Yeah, we're leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, first off, it wasn't even supposed to be that heavily armed. <laughs> And then <laughs> you had what? Well, you yeah. don't have to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, we, we I mean, D&D is full of, of, of flying, you know, um, cloud things where they basically just pour, you know, uh, uh, pointed rods. OK, off the side of the cloud. And by the time they hit the ground, you know, they're traveling. Oh, yeah. Nearly no, mock, have to be. You know, that would be known. That would be known as the, quote, rod of yeah. God. Yes. The. Yeah, and, and and if you want an example of this, just watch the was it the first? Uh, G. It I. was Joe the movie? second. That scene took out London. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there is no more yeah. London in that two movie GI Joe universe because they did a rod from God. It was a tungsten rod from orbit, one of the biggest cities on the planet. Gone. But yeah, they, they didn't need it. Right. But they they are specifically armed. They are they do have weapons, even though they weren't supposed to. Right, but but literally, you could just drop yeah, box and have, it would yeah. be what do a wonderful but why job. Why drop box? Yeah, you can just uh, drop cannon balls from cannons. Well, even then, well, still, I mean, just from any height, anything. I mean, you could you could drop a penny from a skyscraper and it could kill actually, somebody. They proved I mean, that, that wrong. Yeah, really, yes. myth yeah. was busted. Huh? Okay, have, it'll hurt, yeah. but it won't kill you. Yeah. So yeah, basically, right. I put it on. Positive 27.3, because, oh, let's see, Chicago, 1912. Okay, some cultural differences. Okay. Because, um, yeah. It, and, then I, and then I saw that map as I was reading through, yeah. and it just, bing, it clicked. And I'm like, yeah, it goes oh, yeah. there. End of discussion. Wrote it down. It is home of Columbia slash Bioshock. 
Yeah, because yeah. in this in so, this universe, the 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 world knows Columbia exists. It's not a secret like Rapture was. The entire yeah. world knows that this floating city city exists out there, um, and there's probably it it's it isn't covered much in the game itself. But there is probably this sense of paranoia. Is like is the city overhead because they don't have radar? Oh, you think <laughs> they don't have radar? They don't have. I think it's safe to say that Columbia is the big tech boy on the block. We can just. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. We hope you give you an idea of just how vivid and exciting and interesting the the worlds of Bioshock uh, One and Two, and then Bioshock Infinite, the worlds of Rapture and Columbia, can be for your campaign, whether it be in Fringeworthy or some other exploration game. But wonderful places, places you probably wouldn't want to live in, but it might be interesting to visit. And maybe steal some technology, maybe steal some uh, medicine, maybe make friends with an overpowered individual or two. But if you decide to use these in your games, by all means, let us know at Facebook at Trav. You know the places? Fans of Gaming on the Frontier podcast on Facebook. Fringeworthy RPG fans on Facebook. Uh, Bureau 13 agents everywhere if you want to somehow tweak it where you go from Paranormal Earth on Facebook. Uh com where you get this. Uh iTunes. I believe you can drop comments there. We are also available via Spotify. I don't know comments, but you can listen to it from there. So all and of course we're all on social media. Track us down. Our footprints are there. You can find us and just ask us, hey, about you know Bioshock. Yeah. We will That's get right. an answer back to you as soon as possible. Yeah. Yes. Send send all of your hate mail to bshefford at aol.com. <laughs> what was that, Eric? The enabler said, we await your angry letters. Yeah. And we'll have more for you next week. But you'll have to wait. Until then. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.